Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Farig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfarig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfarig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films. So they do videography and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, other guys outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupuru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them. And let's jump into the episode. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Today is, I have Jeremy with me. Hi, Jeremy. What's up, buddy? And we got a new one because I got a third mic now. So Jeremy's been, Jeremy's been trying to ask me, hey, we shouldn't, you know, we should have a third mic because Terrell really wants to record with us. Yeah. So today we have Terrell. Yes, sir. Howdy, howdy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, um, obviously the social media campaign's rough and going. I have a couple of videos up, so check Bigger and Hunters on YouTube. And Jeremy, if you want to jump in, yeah, um, we got a couple of videos over at Huntfish Three Sixty Five as well. A um, couple of teal videos, a couple of dove hunts. I've been doing all right. I think they were some of the better videos we've ever done, actually. Yeah. Oh, hey, looking forward to those. Yeah, you guys better check his out and then subscribe to my channel, of course. Yeah. Oh, we hit 500 subscribers. That's pretty dope. Let's go. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah I remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. Just next thing you know, you're going to be 
Two million. And yeah, right. Two million. Making it big. <laughs> call, <laughs> call session. Call session. <laughs> uh, before we jump into this episode, um, there's just something to maintenance that kind of came to my heart this week, and I felt like needs to be said on the podcast. Um, I didn't really want to get too far into it, but with everything that's going on with Afghanistan right now, um, I've had some vet buddies that are really struggling emotionally and mentally. Um, I've even seen a few guys take their lives and whether you know a vet or not, uh, boils down to these guys in the field that were down on the ground, knew exactly, came to face, face to face with the people they dealt with. And they came to face to face with the interpreters and said, we will do everything we can to protect you. They, they made that commitment because they meant it and it's not their fault what happened and it's not your fault. If you're, if you're a vet listening to this, it's not your fault. You did everything that you were asked to do, and you stood side by side by your brother and sister. So it's not on you. It's it's our inept administration, but we're not going to get down to that tonight. <clears throat> for, you as, uh, for you people that do have vets in your life, make sure to reach out to them right now. I got a couple that... Man, it's it's not easy. Everything they're going through, just in regular life, but then you know, supporting their brothers and sisters in arm, um, as you kind of hear on the podcast, I'm kind of emotional about it because, man, it's hard. And to see the strongest men and women of this country beat down emotionally, mentally, you know, even after the battle, it's it's hard. So, just make sure you reach out to them, show them love, and make sure to remind them that they fought for this country and that you appreciate what they did and what they did wasn't in vain. So that's kind of the maintenance that I had to say and get off my heart. Completely um, agree. If, uh, if you're religious Sorry. in any way, pray for them because it means a lot to them. So, but yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about camping at WMAs. Uh, it's something that has kind of come up in public land, especially early teal season. I think that, Early teal in Nebraska has got become more popular the more it's become advertised on social media, just like any other place. When people start seeing success, they tend to float that direction. Which hey, I get it. I love teal season. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda start this one off by letting Jeremy and Terrell kinda give their experience. Well, I mean as as we all know, we're the first state. Uh Minnesota had a season this year, but we're always the first state that opens. We're the furthest north. Um, we usually end up opening that first Saturday. And I think the reason this came up so big, and I've been seeing it for the last couple of years, but like this year in particular, I had an experience. I was hunting for opening weekend. We hunted a federal piece of property. And actually, there's like a huge backstory into it, but uh, we figured out some rules in that, <laughs> like, on the. Not not bad for us. We didn't get any tickets. Actually, it was really kind of great that this game warden showed up when he did. We weren't doing anything wrong, but I was actually getting ready to do something that I didn't know was breaking the rules. So I learned some things and got you know prevented from potentially getting a ticket. Um, and that is on federal WMAs. Um, sorry, on federal marshes, you're not allowed to go into the marsh until after midnight. I did not know that. Like, like step in the water, or just like you're not there. allowed to go get in a spot, set a blind, set decoys. You're not. 
they even like the one game warden was like you're not even allowed to sleep in your truck if you're there you have to be up Mm. so i didn't know that Mm. i've always i always get lucky and end up on the state stuff so i'd never heard those rules before but it got me talking with that game warden because not a quarter mile away from us there's a state piece of property that had people camping on it i was like so why do these people get to do this and he's you know why do they get to camp here and not here you know at the other marsh versus where i was at he's like it's all state-based and i think it's actually a pretty big problem within nebraska um is that (coughs) excuse me um you get to camp at our state wmas because you know the, the state camping has become super popular within the state in the last COVID. Ten, no, probably the last 10 years it's really blown up. But since COVID, everybody does go out and camp. But the problem I have with it is, and I was talking to one guy on social media today, is you see people show up like Wednesday or Thursday before season. I see this for, I really started seeing it for Big Duck about two years ago. And then last year I saw people doing it for teal season. And I was like, wow, well, we're going down a road for sure. And this year, Everywhere that there was birds, that there was a state piece of property, there was somebody camped, pretty much. And then there was even people camped at a few federal places, which I talked to this game warden, and those people got tickets. Like, <laughs> they, had, they had a bad time because it's federal. You can't do that at federal land. And by camping, I'm talking people that literally bring campers. And there's some of these marshes that, like, I don't know how they get them in the parking lot. We're talking, like, 22, 23-foot-long campers. And I'm like, how do you get them? in the parking lot period Hmm. or even tents and i don't know i just i after opening weekend me and hunter were talking about our success that weekend and i brought it up and i was like that's really frustrating because like this year we have very little water the game and parks honestly as both me and hunter field dropped the ball in pumping our marshes this year i mean there's a lot of them that straight up like they said they had water and you couldn't even find it. Um, so that's a whole different issue. But because of that, uh, people were camping on pretty much any birds they found. Yeah. And I don't know. I just wanted to bring it to light, talk about issues. I mean, we we had one a couple years ago for opener. Um, we had one, one group of guys and we weren't all camping. Everybody was staying in their trucks and we, we actually got there after midnight. But... We almost got in a fight with a guy yeah. at a marsh was, a couple uh, of years ago. He was he, he was, was intoxicated. He was intoxicated. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just I wanted to bring uh, camping or the idea of it to light. I think it's wrong. I think it it's unfair. I understand that um, sometimes that might be all you can think about doing when you find a bunch of birds, but. If you can make a marsh almost seem like your house and it's public land, something is wrong with that. And then to go further into that, there is a gray area loophole in the um, regulations within the game and parks that I was talking to with a different game warden on Sunday of opening weekend where you can go and place decoys like as long as you want before and it's all you had to do is you had to step in and be around them for like an hour of the day 
because after 24 hours it becomes abandoned um, property and anybody could come get them or what he said was you should just call the state to come get them. But there's a gray area rule that allows it for people to go place decoys well before opener. And when everybody hunts openers, it just seems wrong to me. I don't know. I, mm. I could, I've never gotten into a hardcore fight with anyone. Generally, I just look at the marsh and go, well, I had to write this one off. Yeah. And there's, there's one group of guys. They weren't there this year at this in, in this particular marsh, but there's one group of guys that I've seen at the same marsh for the last three years. And, I don't even know when they show up. The game warden I talked to on Sunday of opening teal was like, yeah, they get there like Tuesday. And I was like, are you are you serious? Like, you can do that? And he's like, yeah, unfortunately, it's within the rules. And I just think it's wrong. Because all of us that work nine to fives during the week either can't go scout or go scout the day before and then there's a couple, sure. a couple uh, thousand birds SOL. on a piece of property, and then there's somebody camping there. I, I would. There's two things I would say. It seems very similar to what you're saying. Now, to for the listeners, and Jeremy and I talked about this. I I went the week before, and there was absolutely no water. So at that point, uh, there was a private spot that we hunted. And what we talked about camping. I, we didn't do it because I'm not, honestly, I'm not a huge, I don't love camping like that. I don't know. I've just, See. I love camping when it's the summertime, but like, I like going, I like staying in my own bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I like, I can't say too much to it because like my family, like when we, for opening weekends, we do go and camp Yeah. at a park somewhere, somewhere nearby or in yeah. a little town nearby where we're hunting. We don't camp at the WMAs. Everybody likes to sleep in a comfortable bed, especially when you have to get up at, well, around here if you want a spot on opening days. You had to be up by... Leaving the house by 2.30. Earlier than that, you had to be at the marsh by 2.30, depending on the marsh and how many birds are there. How far away you live. Yeah. Well, it's just you have to ask... And it's become to the... Uh, how should I say this? It's hard because you, you're against two two ideas. You want to give those guys props because they're willing. They're so hardcore that mm-hmm. they're willing to put that much time and effort into things. You do, and I get that. But then you got to think of it in the fact that you have to give everybody the same amount of chance in that situation. And when these guys have decoy set a camper out there trying to block the parking lot. You know they're mm-hmm. trying to do that. Oh, and I, I guarantee there's people that drive in that parking lot and then somebody comes out of the camper and is just like, yeah, you might as well leave. I mean, we got decoys out there. Yeah. I mean, just holding the spot. And, yeah. you know, I, I completely agree with the hardcore aspect, but still. Well, that's the thing. It's the hard, and that's the other main issue is it is it's compacted by the fact that we have we don't we didn't have any water this year mm-hmm. even even the pumped amount of water was limited and i mean you saw that and i saw that yeah and i think that's a valid point i mean when which again social media stuff 
uh, go over and follow Hunter, uh, Big Red Hunters on Instagram. He posted that we were going to be doing this tonight. And so I just real quick was like, how do you feel, you know, on my story, just how do, how do people feel about camping in a marsh? And I got one guy that was pretty, like, he wanted to play the neutral game. He responded with me. I mean, he's like, unfortunately, it's, un- it's necessary. Limited water in high-pressure areas um, forces people to have to in order to save a spot. And, it, and then he goes, which I think this is really unfortunate. And then he goes, kept me away from the area opening weekend at Teal. We'll likely do the same for Big Duck. And I think that is where it becomes an issue is that people, when you know that people are going to be camping in the area, you don't want to go. Yeah. Because all the, all the good spots are um, taken. And then we continue to talk. I was like, sadly, I agree. And then I asked him, I was like, what's your opinion on the game and parks making it illegal or trying to change rules around? And I agree with what he was saying. I think it would hurt more than help. Regulating it would be a pain. When can people get to, to a spot to save it? You know, when can you go out and get a spot? Then you would have people trying to show up all at the same time, causing fights and argument. I agree with that. Because, like, down in Arkansas, as we were talking about what we were eating, um you can't drop your boat into some of these WMAs until like three thirty or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Arkansas boys, you know, comment, leave a review, um, and uh, tell us <laughs> what time you can go into the marshes. But I have seen, I have seen some videos, yeah, of like boats running over other boats, getting in arguments. It is crazy down there, just because you know they want to get to a spot. And I proceeded the conversation with, you know, um, my biggest issue is that there's people that camp out for days in advance and then the, the gray area rule with the decoys and whatnot. And then we went into water and it brought up a really good point because anyone who hunts Nebraska here, it's been, it was the 20... 2018 2019 season was that the season we had all the water or was it 2019 2020 mm, it would have been 2019 2020 2019 2020 we had so much water i've hunted which again i've i've been pretty clear that i hunt the basin Ooh. actually i take that back it was 2018 2019 sorry whatever season was a couple years ago we had i mean so much water. we had so much water that literally every marsh in the basin had water in it Never seen so many ducks. It was one of our best years. Sorry, Louisiana Louisiana boys. We kept all the birds that year because we had water. We're not too sorry. It's almost, it's almost like the weather kept them here. So yeah, no. We crazy. had a crazy we amount of water, and then Novo- November warmed up, and December really didn't get that cold. So we kept birds all year. Um, But last the last two seasons, you know, the season after that, we had some decent water found some spots to hunt but then the next last year last year got so dry so fast and we lost all that water and what i went into discussion was this guy was just the fact that we had water issues which is a whole you know one we had a little bit of a drought the last couple years in the summer so we lost a lot of our water and then two as i've hinted at and hunters hinted at before in other podcasts the state in our opinions dropped the ball on pumping our marshes, which, uh, you know, 
teal season's an awkward time because you've got some farmers that are still watering some of their crops and then you've got some farmers that are already starting to harvest it's just an odd area so pumping well, is hard we, and we talked about this my issue about this year was and it, it coincided a little bit last year we had a lot of like we got a little run of rain right before season in july last year mm-hmm. so there was some wet spots that were hanging out and there was some people that were irrigating this year is just totally different last not last sunday but the sunday before i was down there and i found a couple good spots let's go <laughs> pretty excited about those We'll get into that, but Jeremy, or you know, Jeremy's got me on the res- the reservoir van- bandwagon, so I've been <laughs> I've been getting ahead of it. Let's just say that. So I found a pretty fire spot. Won't get One into it too much. One that I've been looking on maps as well. So we were both on the same page. Yeah, and so I sent him some pictures, and we like it's kind of funny. We're like two like schoolyard girls like mm-hmm. getting excited about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Like, oh man, I think that spot would be really good. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah no, there's some good cover there. <laughs> but, uh, background track here. <laughs> so, this year, it, it was frustrating because there were so many farmers that were already cutting their corn, which means everything's dried. They're not using the water as irrigation. And I realize that there's a, a big old issue with water rights between mm-hmm. us and Kansas. Yeah. And I get that. I'm not trying to fight that battle. My one of my main issues with teal season is they don't want to pump it except for like two or three days before season. Mm-hmm. The second part of this problem is they want to pump it two or three days before season and then just flip off the pumps. Yeah. So then you've got ground that hasn't seen water in who knows how long. It Since soaks up April. that. It soaks up all that water and then. And we've talked about this. It springs up plants. You know, the duckweed, you know, shoot, smartweed comes up. Hey, that's awesome. That's duck food. But it doesn't really work out unless you got some water to go with it. Yeah. You know, my favorite spot, and Jeremy doesn't like it, but I love this spot. Smartweed. So we were scouting last week. Yeah, last week. I think it was, was it Saturday that we were talking? Or no, was it Friday? Friday, I went scouting. Went through that whole area. My favorite spot, there was literally like maybe a puddle worth of water, and the smart weed was probably three or four feet tall. Mm -hmm. But yet, there's no water. And I guarantee you, if the state had went out there before the season mowed and continued to pump that, it'd be so freaking full of teal, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. But yet, mismanagement has now caused that, that marsh probably ain't gonna be worth anything yeah and so to get a little bit back on point because of no 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 i I wanted to go on the same rant too that's kind of why i led into it a little bit but because of all these issues all these what's a loss of opportunity and then the people that are hunting are compacted into these like few marshes and then Yeah. yeah you do get people pissed off and fighting against each other well and i think i think that um the state just isn't prepared for situations like this in the sense that duck hunting has become so popular in the last couple of years. People always say that our numbers are dropping. Duck hunters are like few in the margin of hunters. We are the few that we are the group that I would say in the last five years we have risen in numbers versus decline. Yeah, we lose some, but 
where we're rising in numbers, we're rising in people that don't have pieces of private land that they can go hunt. So the public land marshes are getting just right over. Through. Yeah, there, there's a lot I, of people coming. I would say, and this is another part of this too, there's probably the same amount of numbers or a little bit more. There's less private land to hunt on. And the third main issue is people are, people are much more willing to travel now. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like compared to the past, you and I are the same way. We're talking about traveling to several places this year. Yeah, and I actually that was that's a really good point. I was listening to a Mid Valley Mercenaries podcast today at work, and it Titus over there. He's talking to somebody who hunts. Gosh, I don't remember where the guy hunts, but where did he hunt? From? I don't. It doesn't matter. But they were talking about the differences in the areas that they hunted and the fact. Oh, I remember now. Um, they were talking about California and hunting and then ti- oh. how Titus has come to Kansas to hunt with Freelance and all of them. And he's been in Nebraska hunting with Matt from High Prairie. Shout out. And, yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, make sure to subscribe to him because we need him <laughs> to beat Duck Gun Chronicles. Cause I want to see, I, dude, I want to see Jordan get his chest waxed. That's exactly I really I do. I really do. The video of Matt getting <laughs> his uh, nose uh hair's waxed last year was hilarious <laughs> i love it <laughs> terrell did no oh Matt, I Matt, oh, Matt, oh, oh, he yeah. Yeah. Hair. I, don't, I don't be doing things with my hair very clearly <laughs> so you don't want to make a bet i uh, i'm not with my hair no i've already lost a bit like hey, that I'll, I'll, look, uh, i went mustache look, for hey, too I'll, long i'll rip off my chest hair if you rip off yours because uh, i don't man. got none <laughs> <laughs> this look, dude look terrell made the idea of which it was it's his fault because it he was the one fault. that brought up the idea that we'd all cut our beards earlier this summer. Uh, the idea was and we cut our beards and have mullets, but well, but I didn't have enough. Go. Neither Jeremy, Jeremy Mi- neither like Micah or I had here. enough. No, we didn't have enough hair for a mullet yet. Now <laughs> I might, but point is, is he made the idea of us cutting beards and immediately regretted it. Oh, he was like, it was "I'm so terrible." We we get to like. We went to Washington and like we had a family trip. He's like after, and we get back and he's like, I just want to, I don't want to do it because it won't be grown. You know, it won't be grown by uh, hunting season. I was like, is your idea? We all committed to it. We're doing it. He hated it. I had like fortunes. I'm not gonna lie. This is not good. I bet your girlfriend when you walked in was like that uh, TikTok. She's like, oh, hey. Ooh. Well, she was there supporting me throughout the entire thing. <laughs> she also uh, wanted she him also to cut said, his hair. She also said, uh, <laughs> like his, shaved his the mustache. And yeah, I cut my hair. But that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Joke's on you guys. I can't draw a beard. We are really off there. I don't got that. I don't get that going for me. Sorry, guys. Anyways, the point is that I was talking about Titus was talking about the conditions in California, which look. If I were him, I would, I would. I would move. You couldn't get me to stay in that state for not just the political reasons. I don't know. Um, but California, dude. I would. Go, yeah. I would yeah, go I'm to a, North I Cal immediately. I would go to North Cal or Cal- oh, actually, California. Actually, you know what? You're right. I probably would move there to North. I would probably move to North Carol. North California. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> got me. He got me hard. Um, <laughs> because his videos from oh. North California, the the mountains in the background. Oh man, what a paradise! And there was and there was no one there. Yeah. Which I'll tell you what. He's going to regret doing that because this oh. year there's going to be so oh. many people there, especially since they have no water. Oh, I guarantee Because they're, they're in the, not as, they're way worse than us. Like the state or the game and parks in Cal- uh, California is literally like anywhere they can find funding to get water from right now. They are pulling at strings 
yep. to try and make sure they have enough water for this upcoming season. They've shut down like half their marshes this year. Well, that's the other thing too Whoa. is because they regulate them, they regulate the amount of people. Mm-hmm. It's not only are marshes yeah. shut off, but then they're regulating the, the amount of people going into certain marshes. I mean, they so like, also, sorry. There's the guys that are re- like, sorry, uh, reservations. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be the set reservations, but the amount of like sweat line, yeah, like there's going to be. There's gonna be uh, you you might as well go home. Talking about com- camping at Marsh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're talking about this in Nebraska, and I hate what's going on in Nebraska. And I wish that the state would make some rules. You could not get me to hunt even a midday, a midweek middle of season kind of hunt in california because you if you don't have to have a reservation you can be backed out the like two miles down the road like there's so many people it's crazy you should watch a video on it sometime trail because i know you probably don't understand what's going on not a clue no Uh, sir but it's like how do i explain it it's like sitting in a parking lot of like a husker game and just hoping that you're going to get in the stadium yeah okay there's like so, a whole flow of people. So, so what are we like? You've got your reservation people, and those are the first come or not the first come first serve, but the, like those are the people like they have a spot. They show up. They could show up at five thirty, and be like, "All right, we're here to hunt our spot." And then they have the first come first serve for the people that didn't show up for the reservations. I forget the name of it exactly, but the marshes in California only run three days a week. Yeah. which is crazy to me, um, especially the way they do it. But so, like, you have what they call sweat line, which is guys that just sit in the parking lot until the other hunters come out of, like, they're done hunting, and then people go in. Uh, you could sit uh-uh. there all day, and you may not get in the marsh. No, sir. I, I, no it would drive me mad. Like, and unfortunately, like, that's... On a small basis, that's almost what it seems like with the camping that's going on in Nebraska right now in a way. But the thing is, is the person that gets there first and camps, they have it for the whole weekend or until they decide to leave. I never told you this, but there was a group of guys, I can't say the marsh, because, but you know which marsh it is. It's uh, There's three of them in an area. Just to hit, uh, the, hit the beep button. No, he doesn't edit them. He just uh, posts them. Yeah, just post them. I know exactly which one he's talking yeah. about. Um, I don't know if they were... I, I hope they weren't there the whole entire first week of teal season because what a grind. But I got there, and it's like they'd never left. They camped the second weekend, too. Hmm. They might have left their camper there. It could be a... Well, like, it, was, it wasn't a camper. They just had a... Uh, um, just an enclosed trailer. Mm-hmm that they must have been staying in but they were there the second weekend I mean, technically by if you were a local by rules you could leave your decoys out there for two weeks at a time you just got to run back in the marsh for an hour yeah which is the problem i have with the whole idea because like camping in the marshes is one thing and you know i can i can understand i get that i'm not for it i would be i would be happy with them regularly my issue is leaving the decoys out there because we both know that like those those birds key into that pressure of those mm-hmm. decoys. Exactly. It just makes the hunting worse for everybody else. Well, yeah, and you going in and out of the marsh to, you know, check your decoys, be there for that time period so yeah. that you can say, oh, no, I was just in there. You're just kicking birds in and out. I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of what a couple years ago when I had that little incident with that guy um, at a certain marsh who, like, I showed up. We showed up after midnight, so 
even though it was a state piece of property, if it had been federal, we were completely legal. And at 2.30, I got out of the truck to go set my decoys and to get my spot because there was already two groups in there. And I had had a truck come in behind us waiting. It was a big marsh. There was a lot of water there that year. So, like, it wasn't a, a whole deal. But the guy jumped out and he's like, there's 3,000 ducks roosted on this place right now. Can you not go in? And I was like, well, I didn't go in because I didn't want to fight the dude. And he he was drunk and he was insistent. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to hunt here. And, of course, what happened is at 4.30 in the morning, after two more groups had rolled in, kind of talked to people to see where they were going, a group of guys came in and hauled. Didn't even talk to anyone. Hauled for you, the marsh. You, you yeah. know those guys, like... As soon as they hit the out of the pickup, you know uh, those no, guys. They, too. they, they would, got out of the pickup, grabbed the sleds, and sprinted. Into there was the marsh. four four guys in the truck. Two of them, I mean, they had their waders on already and everything. They literally got out the truck, dropped the sled, and bailed. I mean, they went. I got out of my truck, threw my waders on. I was like, didn't he, he was asleep? Was, I didn't I even wake him up. I heard no, you did because first of all, it's my truck. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm asleep behind the steering wheel. <laughs> I hear Jeremy go. Okay, and he gets out, jumps out the truck, shuffling his waders on, grabs the sled. He's like, all right, bye. Yeah, Zoomed. and I, I went and I caught up to these guys. I was like, hey, 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 where are you going? There's like five groups already here. I have a spot. These people have a spot. These people have a spot. Some people already had decoys out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, where are you guys going? And the dude, <laughs> I blushed a little. Uh, he He was like, Yo, I think I've seen you before. <laughs> I was like, huh? He's like, you make YouTube videos here. This was Big Duck Opener. I'd hunted yeah. teal there all year. And I was like, perhaps. <laughs> Dude, that's hey. my favorite. Like, I've, I had that happen at Shields once. Uh -huh. hey, yeah, you own Big Red Hunters. Like, yeah. Like, it's not a big deal to you, but they kind of seem like it's a big deal. So it, like, makes you feel good, but it's not that cool. Well, but, like, <laughs> I know I know there's big content creators out oh, there yeah. that would be like, ah, I get this every day. But, like, yeah. as a smaller content creator, it's kind of cool. It does make it. So I was like, oh, okay. But the amount of cussing that came from the parking lot is those dudes <laughs> yeah. were flying down the path. And, like bringing it back to the camping that's why people camp that's why people go and set their decoys and i get that yeah but like everybody in that like i was totally fine with what was happening in that marsh other than the argument or the little potent like literally i was talking to that dude i looked at Terrell who's sitting in the truck and i basically gave him the i might be getting in a fight here look yeah. and he got out of his truck and i think I, and at that point i was just trying to end it and be like hey you know i want to hunt you're drunk I'm not going to deal with you. I'm, not, I was, not trying to become a statistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't Chicago. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but people do stupid things. Oh, and, yeah. And so, like, everybody, but everybody who was there, other, I mean, I didn't agree with, because we showed up at midnight and I talked to those guys and I didn't necessarily agree with the fact that they already had decoys set at that point. Yeah. I think... And my thing is, I think once you set your decoys, somebody has to be with them. If you're going to take your decoys into the marsh, you better be sitting in the marsh with your decoys. I, th I think it would be, hey, you, you're not with your decoys. They're fair game. Exactly. I'm not saying it. I I'm mean, not, it's just I'm like not a, encouraging anybody to steal decoys. I'm just want to make not, that not, sure. Not, not necessarily the steal, but like in the state of Nebraska, yeah. if you set a tree stand on a piece of property, you're allowed to leave a tree stand hang. First come, first serve. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who gets there 
Like you could set a tree stand a week before you go in and hunt. You could get there to somebody sitting and yeah, you can be all pissed about it and whatnot. Probably but if that, stairs. if that person calls a game warden, they were there first. And then you get hunter harassment bill. And exactly. But like, so in the camping aspect, everybody who was there at that marsh, that, that opening weekend, we were all like, some of us had like, obviously some of them had decoys set, but most of us were sitting in our truck waiting for basically what happened, which was that somebody just pulled in and screamed in. Yeah. And then flew. And for me, that's okay. You get out of your truck, you pull up to marsh, you get out of a truck, get out of your truck. You talk to everybody there. Like, Hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Yep. Um, common just duck hunter etiquette well it's just it makes life so much easier like last year i had i showed up with greg we had a like we had a great hunt the day before guy shows up with his kids like there's four kids in this pack and i will i jumped in or i jumped out hey where are you going and he's like well you know we thought about this corner i said no like this is where we were before like we limited out yesterday go over there like just being cordial, man. Like, yeah. Go have fun with the kids. We'll go in this back corner. We'll be away from each other. Everybody's happy. I kind of had the same situation on opening day at Teal last year. I ran into a guy while scouting, and we both ended like, we finally found a marsh that had a lot of birds on it. And I was like, hey, we're, you know, he was like literally pulled in before me as we were scouting. I was like, so where are you thinking about sitting? He's like, I'm going to sit here. And then he's like, I have a kid. And I was like, Dude, that's really awesome. Getting a kid out and involved. Like, I love that. I love seeing it. Yeah. It's something like, you know, we get a lot of the high school or college kids, but we don't get a lot of the, you know, 10 to 15 year old kids who are very impressionable and could learn a lot at that age and really like find the right joy, not the. Oh, Game say, Boy. Not the dealing yeah. with <laughs> not not the not the sit at home play video games all day, but also not the uh Yeah, hunters well, they, yelling at each they other. They just they can't understand the excitement of going hunting unless they and then unless they enjoy it or get to be a part of that opportunity. Yeah. Well and that that age like when when a kid of that age finds joy in something, it becomes something way different. Yeah. Like they like and I think it's why video games, stuff like that, are so fun. Like, they find joy in that, so they do it all the time. But if a kid at that age finds joy in hunting versus, like, an 18-year-old finding joy in hunting, like, your high school, college-age people, sometimes I feel like a lot of them hunt because it is cool. Yeah. Like, they, they're like, all right, my friends are doing it. But if you get a 10 or 11-year-old who finds love for hunting, oh, they're screwed. <laughs> They're going to hunt for the rest of their lives. They'll never financially <laughs> recover. Yeah. But so, you know, point is getting back to the story. He told me he had a kid. I was like, all right, we're going here. You guys go like, you guys are going here. We're going here. Lots of distance. Had a great opening morning. Yeah, kid, kid was did. that, was that last year? Yeah. That was, that was six man limit. Yeah. We shot a five right, we or all, six man. We all limited. It was and a good, good morning. Everybody on that marsh that day shot a limit. All spoonies, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that kid. <laughs> poor kid, I was talking to his dad as we were driving out. I was like, how'd you guys do? He's like, yeah, shot a four man. Little guy shot a shot a wood duck and a pack <laughs> of three teal. <laughs> and 
again. He was getting a ticket, and I was like, oh, oh sorry, kid. that sucks. But had a had a blast still, and Dad was cool about it. He knew the kid. Like there was no like, I can't believe he did it. Yeah, it's totally fine. But when you camp, you can eliminate like, that joy. You can eliminate that joy, and then there's a you know, some people don't get good opportunities. I'm not. I'm all for, like, I try my hardest, and Trell can attest to this. You can, actually. Like, I never told you this, but the first time you and me went hunting, you were like, meet at 530. <laughs> I was like, no way. I was there at 430. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to hunt with you really bad because yeah. we've been talking for a while. And then I was like, 530 on a Saturday? Yep. <laughs> I was like... No chance. <laughs> so, bro. Yeah, I, was like, I hit those outside <laughs> marshes that nobody really thinks about. Yeah. I, I knew that nobody had been there because I went through there and it mm-hmm. like I could tell that like the game wars had been there, they kicked the cattle out, but I knew like there was no tracks, nothing. No one knew about that freaking spot mm-hmm. until somebody I won't name names, but hunted with us on that Sunday, talked to those other guys that hunted the next weekend that I knew about. Oh, really? Yeah, somebody gave up my spot. Oh, don't be that disgusting. guy. If somebody is listening to the podcast, if you give up they a know. spot, you may just not never come back. Well, I can uh, let me interrupt Jeremy here. <laughs> we were talking about what we were going to do that weekend, hunting wise, and Jeremy's like, "You can come out Sunday." I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy with this dude with from YouTube. His name's Big Red Hunters. I was like, never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Typed on my phone. Huh. I don't even remember how many followers you had at that time on Instagram. I was like, all right, right. That's cool. He's like, yeah, we're going to be hunting over dogs. But yeah, you definitely can't come. So what do you want to do? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. You go, go, come. go, go. go it wasn't that exciting. Well, I felt bad because on Saturday I brought my dad. Yeah, yeah. And then I think you had plans Sunday or something. Cause Probably. My dad Probably plans was, on sleeping in or something. Yeah. Know. But point is we're getting really derailed here. I just. All right. We're good at that. People lose. Like, when you pull up to a marsh and you see a camper or a tent, you just know that those are people you don't want to mess with. Yeah. Like, that sounds, in a way, you make it sound really good for that person, but it sounds bad. Those are the people we don't want duck hunting, because I'm sorry, like, if I, those are the kind of people you'd walk up and be like, hey, so where are you guys planning on hunting? And it'd be really awkward if you're there, like, Thursday before opener, and you're like, I'm not sure what's going on, but like, what's your guys' plan? Are you, are you yeah. guys leaving? Or like, uh, and you just know that you're going to get the whole, um, yeah, we're going to be, we have like 10 people coming. We're just here to save the spot. This whole marsh is taken and it's Thursday before opener. Yeah. At that point, like you might as well, the game of parks might as well just, lease out or lottery out spots for opening weekend yeah and uh, it just it pains me it really it really does because you you lose opportunities i get it and the big thing that i would say to people who are like well how do i fix it this guy that i talked on instagram i hate to i hate to say it but you might as well just wait till the next weekend or go find some place where there's no one at because and expect not to shoot a whole lot of birds because this really only does happen op- opening weekend. But my fear is, is that it, as it becomes more and more popular, 
because this year in particular, I noticed a significant more people doing it. As it becomes more and more popular, people are just going to go camp at marshes throughout the year. And that is where I really start to have an issue with it. And I, that's why I brought up the fact that those group of guys were at that one marsh second weekend of teal, because I think that's just proving that point that this is just going to become the norm. Well, I, and to be quite honest with you, like when we first had this conversation, I could tell you were frustrated with it, but I didn't really understand like how it was. I really didn't. And it's just because, you know, from my point of view, it was like, I rarely like last couple of two. I think it's like, I don't think I've, it's been three or four years since I've hunted an opener. You guys like always it. hunt that pond. Well, I had, I've had that pond. I've hunted with them the last two years, and the year before that, I was up at the club. Oh, okay. So, like, I just kind of avoid open days because I yeah. know that happens. But, like, it seems like a lot of those people tend to clear out or in the past have cleared out after opening day, mm. and then usually that Sunday is great because last, last year I did really well. I well, think the year before that I did really well on Sunday. Sunday's always great because the marshes that don't have people camping at become yeah. less crowded because, yeah. yeah, especially in Nebraska when, you know, and I noticed it hard this year, Husker football being back and at full force, like yeah. literally post-COVID. I mean, the marsh that I hunted went from 15 groups to four on Sunday. Yeah. And very noticeable how many people probably went out and drank a lot watching the football game and they don't get up that's stop, very stop normal. talking about joe like that <laughs> yeah yeah joe did do that to himself but joe was joe was plastered by 10 a.m yeah he was i don't i can't even imagine i couldn't either but um love you joe <laughs> linking you to the podcast oh jeez, but yeah, so you, yeah, so, I can see why you didn't. So back, so back Sorry. to my point. And I had somebody message me today, and I'm, I'm happy he did. Um, he messaged me because I post on my Instagram, "Hey, we're running late. We'll get the podcast out tonight." And he messaged me and said, "Hey, you know, watch Chasing Greens, uh, YouTube." So Chasing Greens, a guy, good dude, I, awesome dude. I watch it. I haven't even seen that one. Awesome dude. Uh, his first video was scouting. He came up to Nebraska. Great example of a dude that wants to get hunted early this season Mm -hmm. that comes up to Nebraska that understands because some of the YouTube and all the social media, hey, I think Nebraska would be really good. I'm going to go up there. Yeah. Great example. He gets up here, and dude, the whole video is about him almost being frustrated. He was visually, like visually and what he talked about. He was frustrated about the amount of guys that were out scouting and the amount of people that were already, like, pulling up camping. And, like, in his video, like, he had just got done scouting this marsh, and he was, like, excited about it because they took video and everything. Mm-hmm. Dude, as soon as the, he was just about to pull out there, dude pulls out in there, pulls in there with a camper. Yeah. Like, 18-foot camper. And Gross. he's just like, oh, well, I guess we're that one's toast. Like, exactly. And that's yeah. everything you're alluding to. And that that's, like... He, I mean, for those of you that don't know, Chasing Green, I mean, he's located in Arkansas. Yeah. And, I mean, he sees, like I've said, with the whole 330, I mean, if you ever, you should just look up on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, just videos of people at marshes in Arkansas right before they're allowed to, to go. The 330 fight night? Yeah, and it, it you get 40, 40 uh, boats that just 
are ready to go. And then at 3.30 when it hits, they just all launch. And the crazy thing is they don't even have a boat. Like, they walk into everything. But he came all the way to Nebraska, and which is awesome. Like, I encourage people to travel. I think it's good. It helps the sport. It helps, you know... I mean, he bought a non-resident license, which is awesome. Hey, maybe just there, for there's him. like a hundred bucks to fill up a marsh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, imagine if we drove to North Dakota. I mean, that is literally what this is like. If we drove to North Dakota to hunt, are you talking about Minnesota early goose season next year? Because that's what I'm thinking. I'm talking Minnesota or North Dakota. You just tell me where you want to go. Let's go. <laughs> I will hunt geese in August, no question. Um, Jeremy hates the month of August. Confirm. <sighs> July and August are the worst month. Changed my mind. But I, I'm not. Yeah, no, <laughs> not hun- at all. There's Hunter, nothing. Uh, yeah. We agree. Hunter is <laughs> on the same page as me. Everything from July 4th, which mm, exactly, Amen, Americans' holiday, till you get to opening the, day teal sucks. September 1st. Yeah, I will say that. Like I, I love, the, I love the dove hunt. So once I get to September 1st, I'm happy. But point is, is if we went all the way to North Dakota. And which I always think North Dakota because you you don't have to ask for permission if it's not posted, which is I mean it's nice to ask just to make sure. But yeah, um, you pull up to a place that's got five hundred geese dropping into it, and there's guys camped, yeah, in the field, in the field. And yeah. to me, like if I drove that far from Arkansas to Nebraska to teal hunt, or Nebraska to North Dakota to goose hunt or duck hunt, doesn't matter. And there was people just camped there four days before opener. I would lose my mind. Yeah, that's a lot of time, a lot of miles, a lot of money, and non-resident fees for that to happen. And guess what? That dude. Guess what? Chasing Green was in a hotel. He did it right. Yeah, he did. He could have even stayed in his truck at a marsh because you know, admit like. I'm I am saying all this, but that's what we do. We pull up to the marsh. I usually try to get there after midnight unless I like this year with how many campers I saw at all the other spots, I got to where we were camping legally or which the sad thing is this isn't illegal what we're talking about. People can camp. But we were at a legit camping place. And I literally was like, Hey dad, yeah, I know I just showed up to camp, but I've seen campers at almost every spot that has birds. I just came to tell you, to check in, tell you where I was going, yada, yada. And uh, can you bring me food in like an hour? And I left. And I was freaking out the entire way that I drove there. Because I was like, there's going to be somebody there. I'm not going to get the spot that I want. I got lucky because, you know. Well, and but, here's another example is that we were talking. We're just like everybody else. We lost a lot of, majority of our birds after opening weekend were gone. Mm -hmm. Why is that so much pressure? That was one of the main reasons why the rest of our teal bummed out. Second weekend, nobody really did very well. We talked about going to Kansas on Sunday. We just, we got behind the ball way too late. Mm -hmm. We decided, nah, we'll do that. The next week, we we almost migrated to central Nebraska because we had, heard there were some birds and then i heard there wasn't some birds and then i screwed up and said we don't we shouldn't go we'll hunt around here yeah we got so (laughs) i'm gonna take the l because it's my fault (laughs) 
<laughs> well, but, this being said, I was like, you know, if we're here and those, there's no birds, we can go. I'd be okay yeah. with still going. But to me, if there's no birds, let's just, because my big thing is I just wanted to see the area. Yeah. But so I'll give at least 60-40 on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll take the L. So I'll take 0% of that. But, uh, <laughs> Terrell. Terrell. All Terrell's fault. Oh, okay, yeah. He would have slept in anything where <laughs> I was, well, Jeremy was like, ah, we're going to party. And then apparently had seven party. cups. That we're talking about last weekend, right? Last weekend in Teal? Yeah, you were going to come with us to Kearney. Shoot. <laughs> they don't know which one in Kearney. And we were going to, we were going to hunt the entire city. <laughs> Nobody was safe. Jeremy, right. Jeremy was called. It's just an area. I mean, there really actually isn't any marshes like the reality is around Carney. You can say Central Nebraska, and everybody's going to look at a map and go, oh, "Carney." Yeah. Well, he's he's still got to go almost an hour south of there to get to anything. Just like we have to go south the interstate for our stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Carney, Carney was everything's that in that area, but yeah. it's not like describing that much. But our plan was just like everybody else, we were going to take a camper. But our plan was take our camper to Holdridge, camp and actually like camping, yeah, like area. And then use that as a base of operations and then go find stuff. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, that's pretty simple. But then, you know, you you got guys out there that are screaming, hooping, and hollering on a WMA that scares birds out of there. Like, you hear someone screaming as a bird, what are you going to do? Eh, I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. So then it ruins the opportunity that people actually are sh- showing up. I just, I if it were me... I would just say you can camp here after midnight like the federal and then you can't move your decoys in here until after midnight, which I think is even, I think that's pretty liberal in itself. Yeah. But at least we can agree to those terms. I think you should not be allowed to pull up to a spot until after sundown the night before. And that, I know, I know that is even a lot going well, but that's see, at times I'm that's that's at times what we Charles shaking his head. That's why I kind of changed my tone a little bit. Um, if you're and I say that because you know people are going to do that, but I I don't think you should be able to walk in the marsh, set your decoys till after midnight. You should not be able to have a tent. You should not be able to have a camper. You should not even be able to have an enclosed trailer. And if you're found sleeping in that enclosed trailer, I think you got to get the boot. In my opinion, I mean, literally, these game wardens that I talked to before opening Teal, they had kicked several people off of a couple marshes and given them tickets as well. And I drove by one marsh in particular after we got done hunting on Saturday, and those guys were back. And I was like, wow, that was useless. Uh, Yeah, net zero. And, but the point is, is that you shouldn't be able to do anything in the marsh until after midnight. And I agree. I think that's that could be seen as early. Yeah. But you've got to give that that relatively fair chase for everyone because not everyone can take off three or four days or get the right kind of people to take off three or four days before and monitor well, marsh. The, the way that you're going about this, and I would agree with it, is that if we were going to base our hunting regulations or the way we see things, and this is just my opinion, somebody can disagree with me, and I can understand that. 
I, I totally I understand that everyone could be disagreeing with what we're saying. I here. understand the competitive edge part of it. But my thing is, is, and th- I feel strongly about this because you and I are similar in the, this viewpoint. If we're going to set the regulations, I'm going to set the regulations in a way that most encourages fair chase for a father and a son. Mm-hmm. A father that works 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, yeah. and has a son that wants to go hunting. That's who you should base it off of. I'm not talking the high school kids that can dip out of school or the college kids that dip out of class. Like, I I get it. I understand where they're going to come from or where they're coming from. But ultimately, you know. Well, it's not just that. The game warden I talked to on Sunday was like, I haven't seen the two old men this year who apparently always camp, which that was a new one for me. So even your older yeah. retired guys are doing that kind of stuff. But you're right. You have in a system in a situation like this. You have to base it off of the person that's going to have the least opportunity as it is to even make it out. The person who is a nine to five every day of the week has a kid, yada yada. You know, father son situation. Yeah. Who may not even get to scout, but could hear from a buddy, "Hey, there's birds at this marsh. Get there." And they pull up at two thirty in the two thirty in the morning because you don't want your kid to sleep in a truck all night. But you pull him out of bed, you know, last second. You pull him in, you put him in the truck, you go. Yep. And he sleeps till four thirty, five o'clock in the truck, but it's not all night. You pull up to a marsh at two thirty, and it's a marsh you frequent, you know, and you're like. Oh my goodness! There's a camper here. There's twelve guys here in this camper, or the, it, this looks like a campground. And then, and this is another aspect I think about quite a bit because it's happened to my group a couple times. Not from camping situations. We just we showed up to a marsh late. You have in that situation when when there's people already there, especially with this area that we're talking about. It's a strong hour for us to drive that direction in the morning you're not just gonna like all right well didn't get my spot so i'm going back home you're gonna go to the next marsh you can get to and if you've never been to that marsh before walking into a marsh you've never been to not that there's too many of them around here that can be dangerous from water levels especially (laughs) right now (laughs) yeah watch out for that puddle but like the big thing that i always worry about going into a new marsh is the fact that uh the state puts cows into a lot of our WMAs, even the federal stuff. And some of those marshes, you can go from flat ground right into a cow hole. And uh, I've watched guys face first. Uh, My dad thought he tore his meniscus a couple years ago walking through a a marsh because he found a cow hole. Stuff like that. Going into a marsh you've never been in in the middle of the night yeah. Early in the morning, it can be a little hectic and potentially even cause injuries. That's a totally far off idea from that, but it's just the point is when it comes to being able to get into a marsh, you have to you have to think about the guys that are going to struggle to find time to scout and to be there days before. I don't know. This sounds like a podcast where I just got on and ranted and ranted and ranted, but essentially that really is what is happening. Well, we're, we're bringing you gotta, up an you gotta, issue. You got to think of it this way, though, too. 
you're you're trying to fight for the little guy, and you are, you are the younger guy that has the drive, that has the time, that has the capability of time and money in order mm-hmm. to go camp in a marsh all weekend long and go do this. Yeah. You you choose not to. I choose not to. I mean, the Friday before teal opener, I spent seven hours scouting. I looked at every marsh in the area, and I didn't go camp at one days before. Yeah. It's just kind of scummy. Scummy is almost a harsh word. Yeah, I don't I really say that. I wouldn't uh. say scummy because, again, like you said earlier, Hunter, I agree. I appreciate the drive in people yep. that are willing to do that because, like, on a certain level... We all, in ways, will do that. If we, you know, have an area a couple hours away that we want to go hunt, we will go, we will pull a camper, we'll take a tent, and we will you know, stay in the area. Yep. But the dilemma I have is staying at the specific marsh like that. Well, it's like getting to the getting to a top of a mountain, planting your flag, and saying nobody else can touch my mountain kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. That's the idea behind it. And, you know, we're just in the same boat. We go to we go to Kansas. We're gonna migrate. We're gonna hit a campsite, and because we took time off, we are going to grind until we find the most population of birds, and we're gonna do everything we can to be successful. And that that from that side of it, I totally understand. And kudos to those guys; they did their work. I get that, but it's the that's the standpoint of I'm gonna try to plant my fat flag, and I'm gonna spread out and see. Uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't come over here. Yeah. And I actually, that brings up an interesting point. I've never heard people complain about this in Kansas. I actually, as far as I know, we're about the only state that I know of people who complain about this issue. I, I, that's a good question. I've never heard about it. I mean, for instance, not to air out other people's potential spots, but like freelance, the area that they hunt for their openers of teal and big duck, those prairie potholes, which I don't know where it is, so I don't know why I'm acting like I do. There's anybody, a there's anybody like, knows you want to send me a direct message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, freelance, if you listen for some reason, holler at your boy. Uh, no, <laughs> they have like a giant campground that everybody camps at down in that area. I don't think you're allowed to camp. That's actually it would be a good idea to look that up sometime because. I've never heard of that being a problem down in Kansas. And you know, if you've ever watched, if anybody out there has watched Freelance's videos, if he found somebody camping at a marsh that he was going to hunt, he would flip a lid. He would lose his mind. Like, because he is like, and in good ways for the most part, when something in the marsh does not go the way he thinks it should or does not benefit him, boy, howdy, does he let that camera know about it. I'm not cussing you, freelance. If you hear it, I just oh, it's, it's I funny mean, to me. That's the thing is like that's his that's his platform, and he can. It, I mean, he could talk about the way he wants to talk yeah. about, and that's fine. It, but the funny part is, it's he gonna give it to that camera. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's he, he's also gonna record himself probably yelling at that dude yeah. about being in a camper if that was something that happened. Oh yeah. So that leads me to believe that that kind of stuff doesn't happen in that area. Unless you're at a specific, like, campground. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how the regulations on their marches go. I mean, I can't tell you the weehaws. You can't be there until a certain time during the day. Yeah. Or, like, you can only be there. I think it's, like, 
I want to say it's like anywhere between two and three o'clock. You can't get in there earlier than that. You sign your name and nobody else can go in there. Like some of them, mm-hmm. some of them there's like, you get multiple people somewhere, but a lot of them just like one or two people can only be in there. I don't know. It'd be interesting to look at, but you have anything else that you think about it? I guess all I really got to say at this point, um, I know it sounds like I'm just sitting here complaining. I'm really just trying to bring up an issue that I feel like hinders hunters. Like, yeah, it benefits a couple people who camp because they get in there and they have the time to do it. But I actually think it causes more frustrations than it is worth. And to me, it's extremely surprising that the state allows it and that it hasn't changed it hasn't changed knowing that in the surrounding area, the rules are different along uh, federal marshes. And like, there's just such a healthy mix in the area that I'm talking about in within the basin period. Like for every one state marsh, there's four federal marshes. Yep. And so, so why, why allow those state marshes, which the federal marshes hardly ever get water most of the time. So why allow the state marshes to get just crammed because people camp at certain ones and then everybody's got to be like, oh, well, I got to go to this one where, where there's no one at. And it just it just causes more issues than I think it's worth. Maybe you just need to video yourself going and yelling at people. <laughs> See, I'm extremely non-confrontational. So like that idea. All right, Terrell, you're up, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get insensitive here. Oh, no. <laughs> Not on the podcast. No, oh. I would never do that. I'm a good boy on the microphone. <laughs> I had to tell but the you. the people <laughs> I don't like. Uh, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> I don't like that video. I would watch it. Yeah. Just saying. Hey, uh, comment down below if you would watch the video of me just screaming at boomers camping in the marshes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the drive. I yeah. do. Because I'm here for it. We pull a camper to the area that we hunt and we, you know, camp at an actual campground every, we've done it for the last three teal openers and the last couple big duck openers. It's just become, you know, we don't even talk about it anymore. It's more, when are we leaving? So I understand the traveling aspect and wanting to be near your area, but find a campground. It's, it's so hard because there's people that are, like the guy who messaged me about it, he's like, you almost have to at this point. I agree that you almost have to, but I think it's sad that you almost have to. And I think it just becomes unfair. I don't know. I'm curious. I, I, I listen, I'm going to, because we're way, probably way over time, but I'm going <laughs> to, it's probably another conversation, but like uh, the Big Honker podcast talked to a guy in Oklahoma. He's like, He's like, I've hunted for 30 years. And he's like, it's just, I don't know what caused it, but then last five years, the breed of hunters has changed. What I mean by that is stuff like this happens more frequently, and there's dudes that are like more hardcore that are willing to go farther than majority or most would before five years ago. And I don't know what spurred that on. People have become more hardcore, and sadly, I think general courtesy and ethics of how you treat your other hunters has kind of gone downhill. I think it's that 
that Steve Vernell attitude of there's my group and then there's those other effers. Yeah. Which you deal you deal with that for goose hunting. Yeah, way too much. Yeah. And that's on private land. Yeah. Which is people crazy. are shoving you around on private. Yeah. Uh you go in. I won't get into it yeah. too much, oh. but basically like that. Eh, screw it, I'll do it anyway. Let's go. I hope Bottom if they listen to this podcast, the podcast, they can uh if those guys if they listen to this, I hope they don't stop listening to it because I don't <laughs> want to. Long story short, they'll use they'll use our name in order to get into fields. They'll use any tactic they can to try to get with between us and the landowner, get us kicked out. I mean, they there is nothing lower than they will go to try to either A, get themselves in somewhere or get us kicked out. Or both. Uh. You got, and they you got mad beef with another pair of hunters or another set. Sorry, another group in the area, and we tried our darndest when, like, we all started hunting out in that direction. To, like, we invited them on hunts. I've hunted with these guys. We've we've taken them on hunts. They never once took us on hunts, but we took them on hunts to try to play nice and try to like. I'm so. There's other groups like we hunt in several areas for goose hunting. One group, like. I, we have no problems with there's another group we hunt with a lot have no problems with we all scout we all talk nobody has a problem like we'll invite them on hunts when we scout they like it's no problem it's just the one group it's because they're just they're those people yeah yeah they're those people but it I, another word i think of the waterfowl community at this point it's kind of become a little cutthroat yeah which sounds really gruesome but well, it's true. It's but it, like the standard that, and that's what I mean. It's like the standard expectation for a waterfowl now is you are not ex- you are not successful unless you shoot a limit. Yeah. Well, there was that one video going around on TikTok a while back where this guy was like, "If you see eight birds on your hunt, you're not waterfowl hunting." And I was like, "Get out of here." We but went this last weekend. Must, to the not last been, uh, must not be from Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, me and Hunter went last weekend at Teal after getting punked about where we were going to go. And I we scout. he scouted all afternoon Friday. I scouted all afternoon Friday. I found 20 Teal to hunt for us. We got excited about 20 Teal. We got really excited <laughs> about teal, 20 Teal. Um, and we went in there. We saw the 20 Teal and probably a few more, but they never they never came back. They never did anything for us, but we had a fun time shooting the breeze. I shot at a passing dove. We watched what well, we couldn't decide whether it was a pintail or a widgeon that Dude. just circled. And, oh, we would have killed this thing more <laughs> times than I can think of. And it just circled and circled and circled and circled. Responded to the call great. Every time. Oh, it went over the trees at one point, and I lost sight of it, and I just hit it with a... And, oh, it just came right back. It's like... And Nala was just so mad. Oh, she was angry at us for not shooting that thing. (laughs) That's illegal, Nala. But that's what I mean. It's like... for us, that's an awesome day. Yeah, that's like, fun. You go out with your buddies and you enjoy your time. You know, when we found those 20 teal, we're like, oh, you know, like, let's go hunt. And we're like, you know, there's only 20 teal. But what else do we got to do tomorrow? It's so funny because we're, we were communicating as we're scouting. And like at the beginning of it, I'm like, man, it'd be awesome. We just find a couple hundred to hunt just on yeah. a little marsh somewhere. And then like halfway through the evening, Hunter's like, 
man, if I could just find 50, I'd hunt it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I call, and then I call him later and I'm like, well, I found eight on private. And he's like, I mean, if you got access, there's birds. And I call him again. I was like, well, I found 20 on public. He's like, let's go. <laughs> 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 it, it just happens we're that no, way sometimes. We're no Louisiana. I, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I keep alluding to yeah, this, yeah. listeners. I posted something on Instagram, if you didn't see, about how Louisiana had a bunch of teal. And I wanted, we're going to do a podcast with a guy that I talked to on social or on Instagram about it because he's really cool. But there was one guy that was a real piece of work and didn't agree with me. We'll just yeah. leave it there. He yeah. didn't agree with me. And so bad. I've Hunter, been making Hunter's jokes. Try, Hunter's trying to start things on social media. I'm really, I'm, like, I'm really hoping that guy listens to this podcast because he will be lit up. You, you you know the guy in the group that like pokes the fire and like stokes it? <laughs> yeah, this is he? Hunter. No. Well, no, yeah, I'm, too. But I'm just, I'm just trying to get Terrell to... You know, bet me that uh, about that, well, uh, you're, you're <laughs> that chest here. You're all, you're all bald chested, and I I look over here like a like a forest. It's well, it's bad. You don't. Nobody got to know about that until you get it waxed off. <laughs> uh, no. But I do uh, like to poke we, at people just because it's bet. fun. That's what. What's the fun of just not being irritating people? I guess. Uh, yeah. Driving people nuts. No, I understand. But I, that's I the thing, listeners. If you're listening to me, I'm actually like. I feel like I'd say that I irritate people or like get after people. Like I'm super nice. I just, I'm, I like, I li- I, I'm the type of pe- person that likes to poke fun just for the fun of it. And I'm not actually trying to piss people off, Yeah. but people tend to like in that Louisiana thing. Like I, I, he was being, the person was being condescending to me and I was willing to have a conversation regardless. Like I had no problem. Yeah. But you want to bring emotions to do it, whatever. That's up to you. Is what it is. Oh, it is what way. it is. But oh. outlook for Big Duck, for you. Yeah, we're already an hour ten. We might as well finish up the outlook for Big Duck. What's your outlook for Big Duck? Hold on, let me Spot see. Us another twenty minutes on the podcast. Speaking of success, like it's fun. I like duck hunting a lot, and I uh, this year I'm going to try to be better. But I used to be like, oh, I'm going out here. I got a limit. If I didn't limit. I suck. I'm I'm bad. Hun- I'm a bad hunter if I don't limit. And I was kind of last year. I was like, ah, let me stay out here to be out here. This year, I just want to work on being a better shooter, making better shots. I'm not saying like I'm a terrible shot or I'm unsafe or anything. I just want to be like a better at what I want to be good at. Just following through. I don't really care if I limit this year at, at all. As long as like, you're a better shooter than. Jeremy and Joe were in that. Oh, yeah, well, like see, doves. see, on, see, see, I like to poke fun at people. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy goes out is like, yeah, only limited. Okay, <laughs> but see, you saw that hunt. But if if you haven't watched my latest teal hunt, mm-hmm. I sleep a dove oh, at forty five yards with Jeremy. a number four three inch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Joe lost some money because he bought me lunch because of that. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy said, eh. Okay, Wait, yeah, shot can, it clean out of the air. You can hear walks me. three feet, and Joe goes, yo, if he finds that thing, I'll buy him lunch. And you, we can hear Jeremy, oh. You can hear me <laughs> as I'm on the GoPro, as I'm swinging on the dove. I'm like, eh, and then I pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the outlook. um, What's your outlook? Man, I was really getting excited because of the idea that, like, though the game in parks hasn't pumped everything yet, they have a lot on their list that they are going to pump this year, like more than they have on any other relatively dry year that I've ever seen. 
And but the last update that I got, they still haven't gotten them fully pumped. And what you told me last Friday freaks me out. I am worried yeah. that they're not Pause. gonna I'm I'm worried they're not gonna pump enough and Kansas got two and a half inches of water that big storm we had right before right at the beginning of September. And I'll tell you what, every picture I and video I see from down in that area, they still have that water. And I really want the state to pump everything here so that we don't become another flyover state. Because if they don't, I think we'll see a lot of birds that'll just go immediately. October will suck. And hopefully it gets cold enough that we can see those late season birds. Pause. What did you tell them last Friday? Uh, so There the, just wasn't any water in our shop. Like... The, and I kind of alluded to this earlier in the podcast, but they had pumped some areas, and because everything was so dry, it sucks up that water. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, so my favorite marsh, it's usually during teal season, I would up like, the water's up, like, between your ankle and your calf. Yeah. Dude, there's not, like... Oh, sorry. Hardly enough to get, like, the top of your boot wet. Mm. Like, splish splash. I was I'm, taking a bath. That's really it. Like, <laughs> and that's the other part of this is, is that because they got water into them, a lot of these marshes didn't have a lot of like vegetation, so they just decided, oh, we're not going to mow these. Yeah, and so then now you've got the water on it. Now this all this vegetation has grown up high enough to where ducks aren't going to land in them. I mean, I uh, guess if you want to go out there with a weed walker, I'm sure the state wouldn't appreciate that. But you go out there and like knock some vegetation over in hopes that something dives in there. But yeah, I'm not sure I could find that. I'm not sure. Uh, I if we can get the water. Which, it really sucks, because this last week, we've had north wind after north wind. Friday's supposed to be 70 as a high with a strong north wind. So I keep checking every day, hoping that those marshes have been pumped, because I know, you know damn well, that all, which I know you hate these birds, but all the pintails are going to be coming with those north winds. Why don't you like pintails? These frustrating birds. But... Just don't. Hardest on the Just swing. don't. We're not going to start that. <laughs> we'll be on here for another hour. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried that the lack of water and the lack that the state has put into it about pumping is going to be worrisome. Even Nala's frustrated. She's laying on the couch Nala down here. slumped. Nala's hardly gotten to catch... Hardly gotten to retrieve any birds this year. She's losing her mind. We can I can shoot some in my backyard with the BB gun. We got <laughs> we got over here, and she was like all over the place. She's all worked up. I even took we even took her to the park earlier, but no big duck outlet. You know, I double played my my hand this year. I said, you know, where we hunt at. If it's dry like last year, it was kind of crappy. I'm going to go ahead and lease back into the old club on the eastern side of the state, and it's it's looking pretty fond right now. I'm just going to say. I think we're going to have to get creative. Well. Times to kill some birds this year. You know, maybe maybe next time when there's birds out at the club and I don't fall asleep. Yeah. So, listeners, <laughs> so we hunted on Saturday, and I'm like, we didn't really have anything for Sunday. I was like, yeah, you want to go out to the club? Like, who knows what's going to happen? He's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Like, what time do you need to be there? Like, show up to the house at, like, 3, and we'll get going. And he showed up, and I was asleep. Yeah. So I took another L there. I texted him. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, I'm here. you didn't wake up to your alarm, did you? Nope. Sat for, like, half an hour. I was like, 
I know how far I know I know how far the club is. I was like, even if I did try and wake him up, we probably wouldn't get there in time. So I just went home. It, bye bye American yeah. girl. No pie. It's American pie. Yeah pie pie. Thanks. Thanks for the save trail. Yeah. Big music, yeah. big music <laughs> fan of that guy. No, I and like and we even alluded to this fact. We're gonna get creative. Absolutely, like you're gonna have to find different places and. We already started that mission, looking at reservoirs yeah. and talking about going to Kansas. Like this year, I, I actually think we're gonna go to Kansas a lot. I really do. I, I think we're gonna have to because Kansas has water. Well, Kansas has water. They and pump their stuff. They always have like big reservoirs with back channels that have marshes in the back of them. Yep. Like, why wouldn't you? But yeah. if anybody else is from Kansas or even in the roundabout area, go away. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys travel to Nebraska to hunt, like leave, get out of here. <laughs> I will be freelance. Get out of here. Get right. You're old. <laughs> but uh, all right, I think we're I think we're ready to go. You didn't ask my outlook. No, just, What's I, your? I already told you. I'm going to work on being better. Are you going to scout more? Um, I'm going to go with Jeremy and scout more. I'm going to train my dog. That's going to be fun. I'm going to actually do it because I'm we bad just at that. need to end this and then have yeah. another podcast. That's a good idea. I'll we'll do that. Uh, All right. I'll do that. What's our What's our next podcast? How I got into hunting. I think I was going to say, I figured we'd talk about how. How about we just talk about Terrell? Okay. Yeah. Well, in general, because I we feel, could talk about his dog. Whoa. We could talk about how he got into hunting. Well, and whoa. I feel bad. He's I feel been, special. He, he's been here. We're at. An, an hour and 18, 18 minutes right now and i think he's talked for like five <laughs> all right so we're going to talk about all things trail next podcast for Ooh. next week and then maybe get yeah we'll just go into that well, all right we'll get into that next time <laughs> thanks for everybody listening us rambling, not rambling on um honestly just still looking forward to big duck and all things to come um Thanks. Finishing up, I want to kind of get back to where we started make sure to check on your vet buddies make sure to be praying for them um just remember or remind them everybody loves the heck out of them appreciate their service and make sure to remind them that all the things going on in the world and our ridiculously inept president has nothing to do with them so all right guys appreciate it bless y'all love you have a good night